Hello and welcome to Nobody's Watching, a show about the benefits of music, singing and dancing. I'm Claudia, your host, and I'll be interviewing experts, amateur dancers and music lovers to collect stories and scientific research on the positive impact of music and dance. This first series is a collection of interviews with people who used music as a way to get themselves through the pandemic. We'll find out how these musical lockdown projects gave people structure, motivation, joy and connection with others. In this episode, I'm joined by Charlotte, whose musical lockdown project was called One Track Dance Party. And it was a real commitment because every day, three times a day, so once in the morning, once at lunchtime and once in the evening, she danced to an upbeat song and invited people to dance with her on Zoom. And she did this for many months, hosting it herself and only missed it once or twice. It's still running today, but she has a few co-hosts helping her. This didn't make it into the recording, but after I finished this conversation, I told Charlotte that I felt like I had spoken to a Disney sage because the wisdom that she shared in this conversation was really mind-blowing. We talked about many, many things, from, for example, how interrupting our habits and patterns can bring about creative breakthroughs. We talked about how to find the strength to show up to something when you don't feel like it many many things. Charlotte is an executive coach, she has a very interesting background uh, and she will tell you more about that at the start of the episode. Here is our conversation. Hi Charlotte, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, nice to be here, thank you for having me. I've been following the the project that you've been doing for over a year now so I'm really really happy to have the chance to talk to you about it today. But let's start from introduction, so could you tell me a bit more about yourself Great. Yeah. So I'm Charlotte Fowles and I'm a corporate and executive coach and I work with um, professionals and we're usually working around um, getting rid of their inner critic and imposter syndrome so they can fully show up as themselves, help lead their teams, their organisations and to really enjoy the, the roles that they work so hard in and the success that comes as a result of them. So that's what I do in the day job. And I spent many, many years in corporate communications as well, worked in central government and corporations and also had a consultancy, communications consultancy business. And I still do occasionally still do some of that now and again. Wow. And the next question is the reason why I've invited you to this conversation, which is sort of the the common theme with everyone that I'm speaking to. Um, so let's go back to March 2020, well, probably a period that most people don't want to go back to. Mm. And could you tell us more about the One Track Dance Party? What was that and how did it start? Sure. So, yeah, I, th- I believe it was the 16th of March and um, you know, we knew we were going into lockdown. I believe that was coming, I think, the following week was the official start. Mm. And, um, it, yeah, it was, everything was just... I think feeling uncertain and miserable for people, um, all a bit, as everyone will realise, all, all a bit weird and unknown. And I I went for a run. It was a sunny day, much like today, sort of cold, you know, spring day. And I went for a run, which I hate. I hate running, but I went. <laughs> and as I ran, I uh, played a, a really cheesy bouncy track. And um, I just started dancing as I was running because I loved I loved dancing. And it made me really happy. And I just thought, oh, well, you know, in this sort of miserable time, maybe that would really, if it, if it had that effect on me, maybe it will have that effect on other people. Maybe other people might like a bit of lightheartedness in their day. Maybe they'd like to dance. And I, I didn't really have, it just sort of came to me in that moment. 
And I got back and then I did a little video, which I put on LinkedIn and elsewhere and just said, this is, you know, this is what happened. This is how happy I'd felt. And I said, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to just go out there on Zoom and just for three minutes, just one track, I'm going to just dance around. And would anyone like to join in? Um, I think I'll do it at eight o'clock, one o'clock and seven o'clock, give people a break during their day. And sort of, you know, a bit of structure as well, because I thought lots of people might, it might be a bit weird for them. And so that's how it started. I mean, there was lots of, lots of groups doing things. Lots of people were quick to say, oh, let's do some virtual stuff, keep everyone together. And I think for the first month, it was quite a novelty for everybody. There was a group on Facebook called Stuck at Home but Still Want to Have Fun. Mm -hmm. There was quite a lot of groups encouraging people to sort of share things, do things virtually, reach out, all of that. And I put I put this in various groups that I'm a member of. And um, yeah, I had no idea or ambitions for it at all. Just wanted to see if it would help people. And uh, yeah, and then people showed up and we danced. I just want to touch on something that you mentioned at the beginning of this story, which is the run that you went on and the song that came up. So I'm curious to know, was that playlist a deliberate choice of I'm going to go for a run and I'm going to listen to happy, fun music? Or did it kind of come up serendipitously? Um, well, the the song I don't have a lot of songs downloaded to my phone, um, and I tend to have really upbeat ones, mm. especially if I'm going to run because because I don't like it, and I, it needs to be quite high tempo, keep me going. So I knew I knew roughly what's on there. Um, a, a, a very eclectic mix on my phone. So yeah, I guess it was it serendipitously came up in terms of I didn't deliberately play that. I think there was just a variety of these um, bouncy tracks, if you like that played yeah it's really interesting because it just sounds really similar to the way in which I came up with the idea of um so I've been doing something called wake up and dance for a while um where I invite people to join me for three songs uh, every morning for 10 minutes and that very much happened in a similar way in the sense that I woke up and I listened to music but in the sense that I, I pressed Spotify by accident yeah. So it's very much an accidental thing. And I'm just curious to know, I think, you know, you you coach executives who mm. are generally really, really busy people with a super mm. packed schedule. And I'm just wondering how often does it happen to come sort of around in the conversations you have with them? that Because I think if your schedule is too busy, you'll mm. miss out on these small breakthroughs of mm. doing something and letting it happen. Uh, and I'm just curious to know if that's a theme that's ever come up in your coaching or and have you ever encouraged people in that direction? Uh, not specifically necessarily for dancing. I do say to people, anyone's welcome and people can come along and that and that's fine. And some people do and some of my clients did. In fact, I actually got well, at least one of my clients through the dance party. So that mm. was also quite interesting because I put it everywhere on Instagram, on Facebook and on LinkedIn. But we definitely, it's within coaching, there's a phrase that we call a, a pattern interrupt because mm when you are in a certain state, whether you know physical, mental, it's easy to remain in it. And if it's not a very helpful state to be in, often I might encourage the subject of my coaching, the client, to maybe just get up and walk around the room or to take a few deep breaths or to shake it off or something to, to get into a different state. And that's really what I was trying to do here with the dance parties. You know, it, it, it had lots of benefits, but very much that pattern interrupt where it still works now, you know, if, if I'm feeling a bit meh or anything particularly, if you put on a song, you can't 
it's almost like you can't fail to be lifted even just for three minutes. And it doesn't mean it takes away whatever is behind the feeling or the thoughts or anything, but it, it can sometimes be a pattern interrupt because often we're victim of our thought process. Um, something may happen and we can choose how we respond to it, but often it's an instinctive thing, which is very natural for everybody. So that's what I was trying to do. So I do, we do do that sort of thing sometimes in the sessions and also do encourage people to find things in their day that work for them that interrupt them to take some time to in depending on really what they what they come what they come to me for and with but for sure we work on what you know them tuning themselves and when they feel good happy lifted calm all of those and and Mm. sometimes work on trying to put some of those into their day and it's really about giving your brain some some different patterns or 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 some different information uh that stops you going from the instinctive reaction which we all have which often not always but often isn't the most helpful one if you're putting just a few seconds between something happening and that response uh you can have a wildly different and often more successful result yeah and i love that this sort of organizing pattern interrupts for other people in a way started from you interrupting your own pattern it sounds like if you hadn't been running for a while um so it's uh it's it really shows I think how how powerful it is to do that yeah yeah it really is what impact has this project had on you and by impact I mean not just the so yeah I'm curious to know both the impact of the dancing itself but also the impact of of holding this space and organizing it for other people Yeah, so initially I just thought it would be a few weeks because I don't think anyone knew that that lockdown one was going to go for so long. And I ended up doing it pretty much by myself for three times a day, every day for seven days a week. So I didn't have a break at the weekends for 14 weeks. So I think there was one day where I had to go to hospital where I couldn't do it uh, in the morning, but somebody else stepped in. But yeah, that was long. And it was was a real lesson in that sort of commitment and building and holding community. Um, There were lots of lessons around visibility, there was lots of lessons around, um, particularly in my world and, and in any business that you run, if you need to use social media at all, people try and convince you that, oh, social media doesn't take very long. It's a bit like a podcast. I think people say, oh, does it take long? You could do it. Not true. It does. You have to, you know, if you don't schedule posts, you know, I was promoting it every day. So I'd have to take a little clip or not to put something out on my stories, invite people to join, remind people of the link. There's, there, you know, there's a whole lot of admin. There was, there was lots of time. Uh, that went into that and that wasn't a bad thing but it was just a real confirmation that wasn't how I always wanted to run my business um so that was you know because many people do they they have massive groups massive Facebook communities and that's that's an excellent way of growing your community who might then buy from you whatever you need certainly in terms of coaching it's a very personal service it's a good way for people to get to know you but I knew I didn't want to be spending all my time on, on social media and I use it to share and to add value where I can, but it was a really good lesson in what was needed and how long things take. So that was one impact. Mm. Um, the other impact was just, it was so lifting for me and very open about it. At the time, I was in the last, I think, three months, March, April, May. So maybe, yeah, the last three months of a year's worth of continuous chemotherapy treatment. Mm. So I had uh, stage 3B skin cancer. So I always like to tell everybody on these sort of things, please, please wear sunscreen. 
I always did. I'm very fair and always wore factor 50 or 30. And this still happens. So check your moles, wear your sunscreen, please. Um, and I was exhausted. The chemotherapy's tablet form. So it was every day, five tablets a day. And it was cumulative exhaustion as well. So I was exhausted anyway, but the more exhausted you are, the more exhausted you get. And so by, I'd started it the previous June. So by nine months later, I was tired. Very, 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 very tired. And um, the dancing as well, it lifted me. Again, it just gave me a sort of a, a bit in the day. And if I didn't feel like doing it, I still had to do it, which was, you know, I still had to show up, which is quite good lessons for business and life. And sometimes... We do need to listen to how we feel about some things, but sometimes we, I think we lean in too much to how we feel. Oh, I don't feel like it, which is sometimes not the best thing for us. And listening to ourselves and learning when that's helpful and when that isn't is, 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 is a skill. But again, there were many days where I thought, oh, I can't be bothered, but I did. And I felt so much better afterwards. So quite, quite a lot of lessons in their life, business, the universe, everything. Um, and yeah, the, and the impact was... Yeah, it was it was it was lovely. I've got loads of friends now that I've still never actually met. Friends all over the world. Uh, friends all over the world joined in as well. We have people from India, from Germany, from New Zealand, from Australia, from Hawaii. I've got a friend in Hawaii now who I've never met that I will definitely be going to visit as soon as we can. Um, so lots of very positive impacts for, for me and learnings from it. Yeah, I love what you said about that contrast of not feeling it, but doing it anyway, versus listening to the not feeling it. I think yeah. it's something that is really quite hard to navigate and yeah. quite hard to know. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I can really relate to, I think there were times when when I was organizing dancing that if I wasn't the organizer, I wouldn't have shown up because I wasn't yeah. feeling it. But because yeah. other people are expecting you to show up, you kind of you show up anyway and then basically every time I felt really good afterwards Mm. and so I think for me it was sort of reminding myself of the impact Mm. not just on other people but on me that helped Mm. me show up I'm wondering if that was the same for you and do you have any advice on someone who might be in that stage of you know oh I'm not really feeling this today and what kind of tips do you use for yourself to help you know whether you should show up anyway or actually you should listen to the feeling of not feeling it? it it's really hard because it's a very personal thing. And I, I you know, coaching is a very personal process and, and I'm able to help my clients navigate that because we spend so much time together and, and mm. but it's really me drawing it out of them. I think we, when I was having a lot of um, counseling, a lot of therapy, you know, it was interesting. She was a, a Greek lady and she she said that often she noticed that English people confuse think and feel. We use the words think mm-hmm. and feel, and sometimes that's not helpful. And, uh, you know, I'd say, oh, I feel like, I, f- I just feel blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, actually, you think that. The feeling is what you get as a result of that thought. But, you know, a lot of us, oh, I feel like this. And often that's not true. It's a thought that is something and has caused us to feel something. There is a feeling there. But we often use the, the 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 different words. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, and often there may be a thought underneath that feeling that is unhelpful, untruthful, not realistic, that has caused something, you know, I, I don't want to show up or, you know, very real physical feelings. You can't deny those, you know, exhaustion, tiredness, and, and, and all feelings are good, obviously, not even bad ones. They're natural. It's a natural part of being a human. But there is a very 
very useful piece I read in a book by two great coaches, Steve Chandler and um, uh, Rich Litvin. And they talk about when you run your own business, and I and I, I guess this is the similar way for um, executives as well, I think, and, and high and high level corporate people, and maybe parents also. You know, they just have to keep showing up. He says it's um, often people use that I don't I don't feel like it because they might be scared of doing something or putting themselves out there or being visible or or, or making a sales call or, or or anything that might be or doing a presentation or leading a team or anything that might be a bit scary they might hide behind I don't feel like it and he mentions a blue collar approach to a white collar job which and by that they mean you know if you have a job where you are they're very odd old-fashioned phrases but they're theirs and that's why I'm using them because if you have a job where it's regulated and you're on shifts and things like that and you're driving a truck or you're turning up at a factory or you have a shift or whatever it is you have to go you don't you don't go I don't feel like it you know, if you want to get paid, you might, but you won't get paid. And I've had those jobs in the past where if you don't show up, you don't get paid. There isn't any kind of, you know, that that's literally it. And so it it was a quite an interesting exercise in him uh, sort of just calling that out in you. What, what is it that's in there? And you've got to show up anyway. So you get to choose how you show up. So who do you want to show up as? And who, if you're a leader, who needs you to show up? And, you know, parents hats off to parents everywhere because they do this all the time you know they can't just go oh I can't be bothered to parent today (laughs) you might feel like that and you might not think you're doing your best parenting work but you still you have to show up so I I thought that was a really interesting approach of it you don't I think especially in the corporate world and especially with people who are leaders and people quite high level I think they have high standards and sometimes think they always have to be being their best self. Mm-hmm. And actually just your not best self is, is good enough for most people. Um, and so that's, that's uh, really interesting to help people lean into that a little bit as well. Yeah. And speaking of leadership and sort of people, who do you need to be there for? I just want to quickly read something that you shared on Facebook, which is uh, a a message that you received from someone who is coming from your dance uh, to your dance uh, sessions. So it says, just a quick note to say an extra big thank you for setting this up. It's become so important to daily life, not just because it gets me out of bed every morning, haha, uh, and just gives us a boost on the hard days and gives even more joy on the happy days. I really appreciate it. I wanted you to know how much it really is helping and impacting lives every day during this strange time. And there's a blank name is my partner and we are isolating separately as I am in potentially an at-risk category and our dance together on the group has become a super fun and important thing for us to share and there's another blank name is a good friend who was really struggling so I invited them to join us and they said it's made a huge difference to their days. I'm quite sure many other folk who join us feel the same way too so I just wanted to let you know and just gush a big thank you written in caps awesome work smiley face so this is really amazing feedback to receive and I'm just wondering do you have a sense of how many people had this much level of of benefit from it did you receive lots of messages what what was the overall sense of the impact that you got from what you were doing yes uh there were there were lots of messages and 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 it was really great and I have to say also that it is now and it has been for a long time, not just me. There are now five of us that host 
Um, and the only reason it's been able to continue for over a year is because other people are now mm-hmm. hosting also because they loved it so much when when lockdown eased and we started to wind it down maybe just to a few days a week we created a, a, a Facebook group for people who wanted to carry on um, and and some people said well we could all take turns that would help us you know that would help us keep doing this especially in the mornings um, and so they then helped other people keep keep doing it so it was a massive shout out to to mine, Anna, Claire, and Karen, who have kind of carried this on, and it's now no longer one track; it's two. So you know, it's it, and that's totally fine. You know, and it's it's that's another lovely thing. It's kind of taken on a community feel. It's not mine anymore. I never was, but you know, it's not just me. And there's lots of people to thank for that. And one of the women who's been coming, uh, I think, for some quite some time since the last summer, but. She, when we got to a year, we were pulling together some of the stories and we'd done a little press release. Happy to send it to you if you want. And somebody had said that they they had a condition and it meant they couldn't often go out anymore and dance with their friends. And that's what they really missed. I think it was something to do with not being able to be in big social situations and it creating a problem for them. And and she'd said that was one of the things she really, really missed. And she said, it's given me back a way of dancing with people and I love it. And it was really great. Um, many people said it really helped with their mental health. Um, many people were saying I wouldn't have been able to, you know, it's just I was so isolated during that time. The couple that you read the message out from, they they got engaged oh. and we did a celebratory dance for them. And, you know, one of the other women taught them separately through Zoom to Charleston so that when they met up together, they could then do the Charleston and they did. And it, so that oh, story that's so was, lovely. Yeah, it was all absolutely. There's so many things. There's been a baby been has been born. Um, <laughs> there's been you know kids have joined it. It's been it has been really impactful on lots of people. And um, yeah, you con- constantly sort of getting messages from people saying that it and, and including people who have only more recently joined. They've only more recently mm. found it because we I stopped promoting it um, purely because that was time. And then we just had the regular group that came and then uh, we promoted it a little bit here and there. When we do, we do longer dance parties. Sometimes I'll do a, a sort of three hour one once a month or something. Or we did one at Christmas. We did one mm. uh, at the end of, um, sort of like at the end of the first lockdown. We did one and it was terrible in February. I think we did one in January. So um, we did one for the one year anniversary. I think it was on a Tuesday. Uh, and certainly it feels like, going out when you do a long a long one for sort of three hours you're all dressed up and had a you know drink if you wanted and that was lovely so yeah it's uh another lady that joined when she joined the the longer dance party she said oh this is the this is the closest to a night out that I've had in a long time and she was actually crying happy tears <laughs> so yeah it's 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 been really lovely to see that impact yeah that's really incredible I'm one of the things I wanted to ask you about is I think in, you know, in everything you say, in your website, in the things that you organize, there's so much joy and strength and and positive energy. Um, But when I was reading more about your story, and you've touched upon it now, you have had sort of a a decade of so much pain, a lot of difficult things to hold. Uh, And I think there's quite often a, a misconception with people who do hold these sort of positive joyful spaces of you know we're happy all the time and which isn't necessarily true um so I'm just curious to know what does it mean to you to stay positive 
Uh, and how would you respond to someone who's sort of saying, oh, but you're just, you know, saying to be happy all the time and that's just not possible? Yeah, well, I don't say that. So um, exactly. so that's that's a thing for the start is that I, toxic positivity is not the answer. And I, I, mean, I won't bore people what that is, but I think... There's... Actually, do you mind, but just because... Um, there will be a lot of people listening who maybe haven't heard that phrase before and might, you know, see something that is toxic positivity and something that isn't and, and think they're the same. Yeah, so I think it's it's the belief that no matter how bad or dire a situation is, that people should maintain a positive mindset. Mm -hmm. So it's a kind of good vibes only approach. Um, And the problem with it is that it can be very minimizing of other people's pain. It can be quite dismissive. It can be quite um, a blanket approach to what is often a very complex situation. I mean, all humans are complex beings, so you can't just think away your suffering. And, And suffering is very real. However, there is a balance where we can increase our own uh, troubles with, and this includes, um, you know, I, I've had mental health problems. I've had depression very seriously three times, so I know exactly what the difference is between feeling down and low and being depressed. But there, there is a difference between toxic positivity and trying to maintain a, a helpful and healthy way of thinking, because we all have unhealthy ways of thinking. That's just how the human mind goes, and positivity I don't even know if that's the right word but we Mm. certainly and there's many schools of thought on this and there's many many people who would agree but you can you can always choose how you respond to something but that choice is also wrapped up in many many things so you know I've had lots of experience I work in this field so it's a lot around you know using your mind in in a in a helpful and healthy way in order to maintain and increase happiness and success and things like that and and that's my choice and I trained in it but I consider myself therefore lucky to be immersed in this every day so to say people have a choice to respond they do but often people don't even know that they have that choice so I think we have to start at the beginning and when you explain to people that you could respond differently it again comes back to that yeah, almost like a pattern interrupt, but you've, you've got to put a little bit of different information in the brain between what happens and how you respond. And that that can take time. That can take time to learn how to do that. And we are not taught how to do that. You know, we're taught biology, we're taught psychology, but not literally this is how you do these things. And that's often what we uh, people do to heal people in therapy and also in coaching we're looking to move people forward so we're looking to help them think differently to get a different and hopefully more successful or positive outcome for whatever it is they want to work on Mm. um so there's definitely we see what we're looking for that is a hundred percent true so many experiments and studies have shown that that's just fact you can always find a different way of looking at something and you do always have a choice but that doesn't mean those choices are all necessarily happy or good ones So you may have a choice between, you know, when people say it's best of a bad job or something like that. That's true, but it doesn't mean your choice isn't there. But that also doesn't mean that I'm saying people should choose to respond differently. I think sometimes I'm very aware and I say I'm choosing to be annoyed at this, you know, Mm -hmm. because it irritates me or 
um, particularly with areas of social injustice and politics, mm-hmm. you know, I say I choose to be angry because it will fuel me to do something useful with it. And I think that's that's my choice. You know, I think I, I shan't choose to look away. I shall choose to get cross because that and that injustice and, and that often those sort of things often bother me. And if you use it in that sort of constructive way, it's about constructive rather than necessarily positive. There's a really good book by a man um, uh, called Mo Gordak called Soul for Happy. And he's got very direct experience of actual suffering in that his son died in his early 20s. And yet he was still working on this. He was an engineer, so he was working on... um, a project called um it was equation for happiness trying to literally figure out the equation for happiness and then it was put to the test when his son died and and his view was that pain in as a human is inevitable you will go through things that are painful but there comes a stage where to to suffer longer is a choice and he doesn't mean in terms of dire suffering in terms of famine and war and Mm -hmm. things like that he means when we are then in a space and we we, we stay in it which is a space of suffering but everybody needs to process their emotions in the time that is right for them everyone needs to do that in a way that is right for them so toxic positivity is kind of oh be grateful just practice gratitude you know or things like that and gratitude is a huge part of a healthy and helpful mindset but I can tell you now in some of the things I've been through I was very 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 grateful for all the many things I had but I'm still in deep deep pain physical and um, emotional and they're not mutually exclusive. So yeah. that's why I would like people to remember is that if you respond to somebody about, oh, practice some gratitude or do a bit of journaling or something like that, <laughs> that, that isn't going to take away the thing. Yeah, that's not, they may be doing that. These things are not mutually exclusive and you can be really angry about something, really sad about something. You know, life isn't fair. We know that. You can, you can feel those things and still be very grateful for all the things that you do have. Um, so I hope that that's a helpful sort of distinction there between between those things and certainly you you don't just you don't just become or you don't just are a happy positive person you it is work like anything else um and I'm not happy all the time very very much not happy all the time because it's not possible mm-hmm. you know contentment or um a, a more balanced way of being is probably the best thing to aim for something a little bit more not neutral exactly but balanced and then you'll experience happiness and sadness and all the normal things but happiness all the time is not necessarily possible and but I do deliberately choose to do things because I know that will help me because um, everything is painful and hard enough without me staying in that space but I you know with the things I've been through I've had to process what I needed to process in the way I need to sometimes through therapy you know and and things like that in order to get to the space where I can move forwards and I think that's what people often wonder what the difference between therapy and coaching is but it's based on the same neuroscience of how the brain works therapy is you know we're trying to heal you're trying to uh, understand you're trying often looking in the past and working with people to make them better from something or be able to cope and manage with something coaching is very much looking forwards so using the same knowledge about how the brain works to 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 build a plan, to be more strategic, to to get people to move forwards in whatever way that they want to. So yeah. 
Thank you so much for sharing that. That was a really, um, really inspiring answer. Just before we go, I wanted to ask you a final question on um, a slightly different area. Um, so something that we have in common is the uh, is being part of the Yes Tribe community, which encourages people to uh, live life more adventurously, especially sort of in the outdoor sense of the words. And I know yeah. you have um, all sorts of interesting adventures outdoors lots of different places and different sports and diving and running um and i know you've also contributed a book chapter to the biggest book of yes um so could you tell us a little bit about um what that chapter is about and sort of your experience with outdoor adventure and and nature and of course so yeah there's so many great communities and i think another couple of communities that i find absolutely brilliant um they're these two are female only ones one of them is called love her wild and that's Mm -hmm. an incredibly supportive incredibly brilliant community of in very 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 lovely off of all inspiring women in there and just normal women not just adventurers they're all just normal women doing stuff and all encouraging each other and in such a really brilliant way I've made loads of friends through that and done trips with them and it's been that, that they run organized trips which are absolutely incredible so anyone who identifies as female who's listened to this definitely check them out and as soon as their trips are allowed to run again try and book on one because they go all over their, their trips from local places in the UK to as exotic as um, I went on a whale shark research expedition with them in um, Nafir Island off the coast of Tanzania as part of my 40th birthday. And that was brilliant. They're often conservation focused and they're ethical and wonderful. And the other is Adventure Queens, which is also great. And I've also made some great friends. So yes, those are the um, two really, really good communities I'm very active in. And they actually helped me to gain more confidence, even Mm. in my late 30s, for doing things by myself doing more things by myself and advice and things like that and so those communities are are so important and I think that's one of the things that when I talk to people and they sort of ask about how do you do things and resilience and things like that I do have a resilience guide that's free to download on my website for people it's um, five strategies to resilience and the first one is support Mm. because my 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 reason for sharing that is because you don't have to be waiting for tragic things to happen to you to build resilience. There's a misconception that resilience only comes from hardship and actually you can build it and you can be proactive about it. So if you get the guide and you work your way through it, you'll have resilience and to draw on if you need it. And the first strategy is around support. So community is really important. And but then I wanted to do some things by myself. And so, yeah, I've done I've done loads of things and I won't bore people now, but all of them, I've never felt ready to do them. I, you know, there's all of them. There's been fear, but I've asked for support for that. So from when I first started diving to when I did my first solo Mulcahy Day hike, which is bad timing, ended up being while I was on chemo, which is what the chapter in the biggest book Mm. of yes is about. It's called the Chemotherapy Chronicles. And it was hiking the trans catalina trail in the states um and it just happened to be ridiculously hot when i did it i had, was carrying 50 pounds i was doing it by myself i was on chemotherapy i didn't realize the chemotherapy would make my feet more susceptible to blisters so they were in utter shreds i had to change my socks at lunchtime because they were just disgusting um you know just awful uh and it was and it was a very very uh hilly uh and I didn't realise it was the first time I'd done a multi-day hike by myself carrying that weight. And I didn't realise till I did a similar hike, but only for a couple of days in the summer last year, 
how much harder the chemotherapy made it. I just, I just hadn't really credited. <laughs> I don't know why, but that perhaps that's foolish. Um, so yeah, that was that was a really big achievement, but certainly support and community played a big part in in helping me get the courage to go. Um, and after that, I hired a van and travelled around for a week around California for a bit by myself. Um, and I was a bit scared to do that because I had not really, I don't think, much experience of driving on the other side of the road. And I had to hire this van and drive straight out of the place in LA where I was hiring it onto this 12-lane freeway, which was just <laughs> terrifying. And then up all these mountain roads. But it was a real example of, there's a phrase, a great phrase in the coaching world, that confidence is a result not a requirement and I think if we wait till we're ready we'll never be ready so go and get some support if you need some to, to get ready or some encouragement um uh and yeah diving is my absolute love I'm really missing it right now I can't wait to go back it's it's a very I find it very meditative <laughs> that's how you say it. it's very it's also incredible I mean if anyone doesn't dive you must learn it's absolutely the world there is it is another world it's absolutely beautiful um I learned to free dive um and that was an incredible experience as well and an amazing testament to the power of the mind because you're literally diving with no apparatus um I managed to dive to 90 foot on one breath wow just wouldn't imagine was possible so yeah that it teaches you a lot of things in the outdoors and, and it gives a lot. Um, and yeah, I went camping for the first time on Saturday. So the first time in ages, obviously, because of COVID. And that was very exciting. It's very cold. It was very exciting. <laughs> I was testing out my new rooftop tent because I've now finally, after waiting about 10 years, bought an old Toyota Land Cruiser that I'm going to bomb around various bits of the world in. Um, I had an old patrol with my ex-husband in uh, Australia that we crossed the outback in for four months. Um, and I've wanted one ever since I came back 10 years ago. So, yeah, I wanted a four-wheel drive. So got one, hopefully going to ship it to Africa and go to Namibia and Botswana later this year. So, yeah, I got a, got a, got a rooftop tent so I can stay away from the lions and stuff. <laughs> that's oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to hear about the adventures you have when you go thank you yeah I mean there's so many more things but yeah I, I won't I won't go on yeah so very last question I know it's so hard to pick but do you have a sort of favorite go-to song that you you can rely on to get you in a better state uh sure I'll pick three ha. so when I had my I finished chemo I'm cancer free party which was last the end of May last year I picked three so the, the the track that started the whole thing which is super cheesy it's a musical track from you can't um from Hairspray it's called You Can't Stop the Beat it's very long it's very 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 high energy so <laughs> I often end absolutely exhausted because it's like five and a half minutes of mega mega fast um so it's You Can't Stop the Beat there's also Lady Gaga Edge of Glory and uh Jessie J Domino so yeah all great songs um well i'll i will link um all the different communities you mentioned in the show notes and i'll obviously link your website as well i do recommend checking out her website in the resilience tips they're really really helpful um so thank you so much for joining charlotte is there any sort of final thing you want to share before we go um, I don't think so. Thank you for having me. I mean, so lots of people didn't join because they didn't want to dance in front of people. And, you know, 
you dance by yourself if you want it will lift you if you're not a dancer just listen to music or if you don't want to listen to music find whatever works for you go into the garden literally smell the grass just something to take you out of uh, where you are at the moment if that's what you need thank you so much for joining charlotte thank Have you very much I hope you enjoy the show. If you do, please leave a review on iTunes and share it with your friends so you can help spread the word. Thanks for listening. 